We're going to talk to you. You are the initiate. You are the cosmic being. I found out that I was actually getting a two inch by two inch brand with a color as a man. We no longer under the laws of Moses. The world that even stuck with violence and the violence shall take it by force. Coffee. And cults. <sighs> Hi, John. Hi, Sam. Hi, listeners. And welcome to Coffee and Cults, where once a month we meet, drink coffee and talk cults, sects and fringe religious movements from around the world. Please be aware this podcast may not be suitable for all listeners, as it will contain strong language. And John is doing this episode today. So have we got any other any other content warnings today? My friend? There are going to be some references to sexual assault and far too much biblical mythology. Okay, yeah, great. So if that's too much for you today, feel free to skip it. But biblical, I'm sure we can get around it. I promise we'll be silly. Yeah. Yay. If you uh, like what we do, please leave us a lovely little review on Apple Podcasts or just email us coffeeandcults at gmail.com or let us know on either of our various social medias at Coffee and Cults. And if you'd like to support us, you can do that at... uh on a one-off basis at ko-fi.com forward slash coffee and cults or more regularly on patreon where there's all kinds of exciting bonus material like being able to watch our video recordings of our recordings of our episodes talking's hard you missed an opportunity to use the word recordings a third or fourth time in that sentence sam that's unfortunate i apologize that's okay i forgive you Yay! Um, thank you to all of you who've got in touch since our last episode. We've had loads of chat about um, Jehovah's Witnesses with you, as well as some other cool uh, cults that you've recommended we talk about. Please feel free to keep sending them in. Yeah, we love it. Thank you very much. It's very kind. And there may be some other exciting news as a result of communication we've had recently. So do uh, keep your ears peeled for that coming up very soon. That's a really horrible thing to say. Your ears peeled. Okay, shall we do this thing? Yes, let's. So, listeners, this is a sequel episode of sorts. This is a a prequel episode of sorts. This is a. Can you do like a sideways one, like a A, like a parallel universe episode? Yeah, an an equal? No, I don't know. Um, Simultaneous, but it's a little bit of a follow up. Yes, yeah, something like that, because. We're going to delve back into a world of biblical prophecy shenanigans uh, that we have delved into previously. Um, a long, long time ago, I can still remember how... Oh, the music used <laughs> to make me smile. <laughs> um, I'm so sorry. Um, but right back in episode two, I talked about a Victorian cult um, who are going to get a mini shout out in the course of this episode because we're delving back into the same family of cults that, uh, that that group emerged out of um, with a slightly different, crazy in a different way, uh, grouping. Cool. That was the box, right? Yeah. 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 And I'll do a little recap. We're going to revisit Joanna Southcock and her box. What's in the box? There's a little face for you, Sam, and for Patreon listeners at home. Oh, she just looks so unhappy to have a box. Listen to me. Listen to my box. <laughs> I need 24 bishops in my box, Sam Lund. Oh, no. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, so we're going to delve back into 
um, some stuff we've looked at before. I have some little visual aids here for Sam, which I'll take some photos of and add uh, to the Instagram and Facebook uh, afterwards, because I'm going to tell you today about the new and latter House of Israel, Ooh. otherwise known as the Jezreelites. Jezreelites, like Jesuits and Israelites smooshed together. Sort of. I think it's a different biblical name, Jezreel, that will okay. come up for uh, for reasons. And and these are his heights. This is about his heights. Um, like about... Stalag or Stalak. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and some of his followers yeah. grow up from the ground. Um, and some, and of, some them of them slowly emerge cling tight the to the ceiling as water drips. Um, yeah, so we'll we'll talk about his heights and his heights um, in this uh, new episode of Coffee and Cults. Um, so the group is named for their founder, their founder and discoverer, James Gerson Jezreel. John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt. Yeah, yeah. All His Js. name is my name too. This must be the music that people are contacting us about. <laughs> <laughs> Sam rightly was observing that on SoundCloud and uh, via our email, people keep emailing and offering us recording contracts for our music, which is very exciting. I can't wait to uh, to start our rap career, which is what most of the SoundCloud messages are about. And Sam is planning our um, our singing album for uh, for another. Very diligent, hardworking uh, music <laughs> agent who really puts the time in to do their research before they come back people. Ah, yeah. But maybe they've heard us sing in that Charles Manson's music episode on our Patreon, so. I think they must have done. A so tease there if you haven't heard that. Um, I, I've forgotten what you said his actual name was. John, I'm, I'm just thinking John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt. So his real name, thank yeah. you for asking, yes. is actually James Roland White. Oh, okay. But he later will become James Gerson Jizreel. Okay, cool. And I'll explain why when we get to that bit. Yeah. Um, so a little origin story then. Um, not so long ago with my theatre company, we were making some films um, premiering June 14th. Um, but in order to do that, we borrowed some recording equipment from an art centre in Exeter, which is very kind of them. And on a particular day, I had to return said equipment to that art centre. So we went to the art centre uh, yes. to take that equipment back. Um, and I was uh, driven there very kindly by a friend of the podcast um, and friend in my normal life, Dino. And when oh, we Dino. got to the art centre, we walked in. And on the right hand side, Sam, there was a room. And this room was brightly decorated with bright patterned wallpaper lovely and standing in a semicircle in the middle of this room were a series of mannequins in brightly dressed outfits 24 bishops almost almost oh. i think actually there were maybe eight okay um and there was a film of a weird architectural plan playing on the wall here yeah and there was a big stack of printed pamphlets Ooh, i love pamphlets and one of those pamphlets was The Woman Clothed in the Sun, which is this little yellow pamphlet about Joanna Southcott. Yeah. Which talks all about her and her prophecies, of which I will remind you shortly. Great. Um, and also a great big purple... <laughs> finish that sentence, John. A great big purple sort of newspaper. Oh, okay. 
like a broadsheet. He's opening up a large, oh, a poster, but with writing on either side. And it says here at the top, the flying roll, Israel's sanctuary, hymn 323, Jezreel's magic polish, pure bread, angels in heaven, Joanna Southcott, virgins be gathered, inherit the earth, grand inauguration. Lots of like cool religious buzzwords. Yeah. Um, Magic polish. I'm excited to learn about that. And if you're on our Instagram, you will be able to see a short video um, of myself and Dino in the middle of this exhibition. Um, Great. Having a good time with some mannequins. And we'd walked into an art exhibition, which is about this Victorian cult from Kent, which I had never heard about before. Of course you would walk into that. (laughs) I was not supposed to be in this art centre. It was the last day of the exhibit. Yeah. I was there just because at the last minute we'd had to... Bring back this equipment. Yeah, bring back the equipment and happen to find the last session of this exhibition, which is pretty cool. That is the universe looking out for coffee and cults. Yay. Which is cool. And inspecting the wallpaper more closely, I could see that the wallpaper was all Joanna Southcott's face. Wow. Printed slightly pop art style. And it was all about this group, the new and latter house of Israel. And this uh, artist called John Walter had researched, looked into this group and created some costumes, some film, some sort of graphics, some wallpaper and so on various kind of artworks inspired by them and their story and Joanna Southcott. Great. Which is pretty cool. I definitely want some Joanna Southcott wallpaper. That's definitely. Just I'm trying to look for decorating ideas. Oh yeah. For your new house, Sam. I'm going to contact this artist and see if I can get a roll of Joanna Southcott wallpaper as a present for you. (laughs) That's what I'm going to do. I'll do the inside of the boiler cupboard. Yeah, do the inside of the creepy What better wallpaper for the inside of the creepy cupboard? I wasn't thinking that one. I was thinking of the one upstairs, but I'll do the creepy, yeah. So that's good. And a big part of the exhibition was also about a tower that this cult had built in Gillingham. Okay. So that's where we're going to head. Great. Um, But it was just the most random, random encounter ever um, into this super colourful, really interesting art exhibition which i assume is also going to go to other places but um i guess was also particularly booked into exeter because joanna southcott i don't remember if we talked about this last time was from devon oh she was born just outside ottery st mary sam we have almost certainly been past where she was born wow yeah how mad is that wow well i wonder what more we can find out about that see if we can see the i don't know if it's a house that would still stand yeah yeah, let's have a look. Cool. Um, so that might be a little day trip at some point. So that means, as you might have guessed, listeners, we're going to another Victorian cult. It's been a while since John can thrill, fascinate and bore you with the intricacies of a 19th Yay. century organisation. Um, but it comes from that same time that we've talked about a lot in Coffee and Cults, where in the 19th century, there's a sudden explosion of new sects and groups and different splits, all those sorts of millennia millenarian groups all those Mm. sorts of new religions that sort of scrap the existing way that religion has been run to have different prophets and different people in charge and different interpretations of stuff than we've ever had before um yeah it's quite an exciting time for that and i was thinking doing the research for this 
that that doesn't really happen now. It's really interesting. Like there's a bit of stasis, right? There are still cults and there are still new religious movements sort of cropping up and new people sort of claiming special powers, but not to the same sort of extent, right? You had... Yeah, it tends to be individuals with powers rather than a divine power through an individual. Yeah. Or like, or like a, people yeah, like a god. To be the new... Yeah, it's really yeah. interesting. So that's the context in which James Roland White is born in uh, 1840. Cool. Um, later known as JJJ. Yeah. Or The Stranger. The Stranger. Okay, cool. That's a Netflix series, right? I think so. Yeah. So he was an American-born orphan who was adopted by the White family. And we don't actually know more than that about his origins, where he came from. So we don't know where cool. he was from originally. We don't really know much about the family that adopted him. Yeah. There's no birth certificate. There are no sort of records of where he came from in the States. But he used to tell people um, that he had been employed by an American bank, um, that he'd been the son of a warehouse superintendent, and that he had worked his passage to Britain as the boy stoker on a ship. Right, okay. And that's how he got into Britain, which is where he then lived. And I guess that life. may or may not be true. <clears throat> yeah, nobody knows. That's yeah. like something he told somebody once, but there's no other record of him. And he didn't keep any records. There are no photos of him. There aren't wow. any other sort of details, in part because the kind of Christian Israelite doctrine that he was into said you shouldn't leave any images or material evidence of yourself no photos Ooh. no portraits because obviously you're just going back to god and the material world is to be yeah forgotten you shouldn't leave a material legacy okay so a bit of a mysterious past but yeah. he ends up living in um england living in kent and in july 1875 he um he enlists in the British Army. Okay. Um, he becomes a private in the 2nd Battalion of the 16th Regiment of Foot. <laughs> the Regiment of Foot. Yeah, okay. I don't know. I sort of assume regiments are always like the rifles or the cavalry, so whether this is a particularly foot-based bit of military. Was it like or... a foot soldier? Maybe they were just the ones that got swords. I think that swords. probably is what it is. It is just that they're, what would that be called now? Like, is that, is that what... Inf Welcome to John speculates about terms in the army. Welcome to what, two like, pacifists talk is? about the army. Um, yeah, in, infantry. Yeah, yeah. That's like regular. They, but they do still have like the rifles and stuff. But are they just yeah. like like club names? Not club names, but like, hey, you're in <laughs> Birmingham, so you must be one of the rifles. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. But there's loads of rifles, aren't there? Anyway, so he was part of that Bedfordshire regiment. Um, that was based at Chatham in Kent. Yeah. And um, after that, he was um, briefly posted uh, with them to India, um, to uh, Sukunderabad, um, India, which sort of has a bit of an interesting history in its own. It was established in 1805 as a British military quarter, as okay. the place where the British army in that part of India would be based. Mm -hmm. um, it's later where Churchill was posted when he was a soldier out in India. Um, but he was sent out there around this time um, because there was a bigger military presence after the first war of Indian independence. So right. 
it's all that horrible colonialism stuff, but it's when the British army was really trying to crack down and regain control. Yeah. Um, in India. Um, mm-hmm. and that's when he was um that he was when he was sent out. Um, but before going out to India, he at some point became fascinated by the teachings of apocalyptic prophetess and visionary Joanna, Joanna Southcott, Southcott, who had died sometime before in 1814, but who okay. still was sort of a a presence that you could easily find out about her, right? In Kent in the yeah. I don't know, 50 years later. Um, Sweet. So we might all need a little bit of a Joanna Southcott recap. Yes, please. So she was born in East uh, Devon in the 1700s, near where Sam and I have been on several occasions. Um, she was a shop girl, she worked in service, and she suddenly started having apocalyptic dreams and visions. She heard voices talking to her, she heard like poltergeist knocking around her house. And in particular, she originally heard a voice say to her, the Lord is awakened out of sleep. He will terribly shake the earth. Uh, I would love a clean version of that so I can use it as my alarm. (laughs) (laughs) Sam Lund, the Lord is awakened out of sleep. He will terribly shake the earth. Beep, beep, beep. (laughs) Thank you so much. You're welcome. Um, and she starts doing automatic writing. Um, and this automatic writing starts to make lots of predictions and prophecies about the future, mm-hmm. a number of which appear to come true. So, for example, cool. keeping it local, she predicts that the Bishop of Exeter won't live beyond the end of the year and he dies that year. So okay. she gets enough things right that people are like, hey, I want to listen to what you have to say. But like soon that's going to be the case for so many psychics who every year guess the Queen is going to die this year. Do we Do we think she's already dead, Sam? Do we buy into the fact that, that no. maybe she's dead and on ice somewhere until the no, Jubilee is over? There are videos of her walking around and stuff. Are there, though? Yeah, oh, there are. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. I don't know if, like, the WI would be able to deep fake a video of the Queen. Yes, they might. Right. There's no okay. way the royal family would have access to more sophisticated technologists than the WI. But the, that's the last video I saw of the Queen when she was cutting a cake at the WI. I can't remember where the WI sit on David Icke's Great Big Pyramid of Secret Organizations. <laughs> so, so let's move on. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So um, amongst the things that Joanna Southcott believed, she believed that she was destined to become the bride of the lamb. I just don't. Okay. Um, and the woman clothed with the sun. Um, so a nudist. Sort of <laughs> pretty much. Or one of those, um, isn't that like a new age um, health movement where people expose their bum holes to the sun and claim that they get powered by it? Isn't that a yeah. thing? Yeah. Yeah. You mean you don't? <laughs> I don't either. M- moonlight for me. Um <laughs> So, yeah, she basically becomes convinced that she's sort of going to become Mrs. Jesus, um, but also is going to be this woman from the Book of Revelation in the sort of the end times, which she thinks are coming soon. Um, And she's desperate to get the Church of England and the clergy to take her seriously. She prints loads of pamphlets um, in Exeter and starts distributing them all over the place, including one called The Strange Effects of Faith. Ooh. Um, Cool. And yeah, doesn't really get a huge amount of uptake from the clergy, 
but mm-hmm. still starts to spread these ideas around everywhere. Um, enough that she puts together enough prophecies and papers that they collect them together um, in a box tied with rope and sealed with seven seals. Oh, 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 um, oh. That will keep Sorry, her prophecies seven. Seven. ready for, yeah, no, I got it. Thanks. <laughs> I enjoyed it. Yeah, that will keep all of her stuff together for um, future generations. Um, mm-hmm. And there's a little bit of controversy amongst this because she starts sending these seals, which are like her writings inside little diagrams in paper that's folded up, that's got a wax seal on it. She likes makes these little seals yeah. that she can sell as well. Um, and Why quite often you? she's accused of being like profiting from that by selling them. And sort of treating them as like passports to get into heaven. Buy one of these and you're in, mate. Right, okay. Which might be true. There's also some talk that maybe she didn't do that, but her followers did. And she, oh. Mm-hmm. Hilariously, and I just found this, I don't remember this from previously, but maybe I'm making the same jokes and quirky observations again. But one of her followers was called Mary Bateman. And she was, as it's described in the paper, I read, a thief and abortionist. Oh, what, like stealing babies? Or I think those are two separate professions. Separate offences. Like she was stealing a scalpel and helping with unwanted pregnancy. Yeah, I think basically that's the, that's the kind of vibe of it. Um, right. She had one of the seals from Joanna Southcott, and she made a big stir locally when she claimed that her hens were laying eggs announcing the second coming of Christ. Uh, how what what did like the yolks just break into like numbers of a date or i think so or or, like it was written on the shells or something the little lion stamp was actually the date of i mean when i did my notes i i did a little drawing of how i imagined that to go okay go on (laughs) great perfect Um, which I will also uh, maybe put on Instagram because I, I had a good time drawing that. Yeah, absolutely um, should. So, yeah, so there, were, there was lot, there's quite a lot of interest in her and it leads to all this kind of slightly strange association. With people, mm-hmm. All of them sort of declaring that the world is going to end pretty soon. Joanna thinks that she is going to have a child called Shiloh. It's going to be a virgin birth and his birth is going to herald the end of the world. Mm-hmm. It's going to be the return of, of Christ on earth and, and everything's going to then kick off. Yeah. Um, and she even starts to pick a date. She starts to tell people that she's got the baby and is going to give birth soon. But there is no pregnancy. It appears that she slightly has what used to be called like a hysterical pregnancy. Um, she may have had dropsy. So maybe some of the symptoms of that she mistook for being pregnant. But she doesn't give birth. But whatever that condition is, does lead um, to her death. And she dies without having given birth to the Messiah. Um, And weirdly, when she dies, she is kept warm at her request for four days by her followers, just in case she's in a trance and isn't really dead. Woof. I bet that smelled horrible. Yeah, pretty gross, right? Um, But she she was dead. Yeah. Um, Sadly. Um, and here's a really sad part of it. Not long before her death, she made a will saying that she had been deceived by the devil um, and been wrong all along. And that all the money that had been raised to look after Shiloh when he was born 
should just be returned to all the donors who donated oh, to her. Cool. Um, which is a pretty genuinely chill thing yeah. for a prophecy movement founder to um, to do. But it's just yeah. sad, right? Just There's something kind of tragic about that. However, large numbers of her followers refused to believe that she had been deceived. And so they create lots of different splinter groups to carry on her mission and her vision and her story. Cool. Um, and a very few of them hold custody of her box, which must only be opened at a time of national crisis and only then in the presence of all 24 bishops of the Church of England, which they can never arrange. There are no. never 24 bishops who are all opening some old woman's box. Insert your own joke about homosexuality in the clergy and the Church of England here. Yay! And a move on. Yeah. Um, so they're looking after the box and the rest of her followers sort of split into lots of different groups. And I'm going to do like a little crash course of all the different groups because that okay. will be, that'll sort of be relevant for where we're going in a minute. Jezreel. So as we've learned in episode two of Coffee and Cults, this inspires the Panacea Society much yeah. further down the line. Um, and Mabel, Balthrop and all the stuff that's going on there. If you haven't heard it yet, go back and listen to that. It's a weird time. But there are other people who claim to be prophets and successors to her. There's Richard Brothers. He's in the Navy. Um, while he's in the Navy, his wife apparently has a lot of adultery, has a really nice time. Okay. That means when he comes back, um, he divorces her. It causes some financial difficulties and he ends up in the workhouse. Right. Later on, he ends up in prison. Mm -hmm. But around this time, interested in prophecy and Joanna Southcott, he becomes convinced that he was the prince of the Hebrews okay. and nephew of the Almighty. <laughs> Who's the brother of the Almighty? Like, or sister? Like, in order for a nephew, they need a sibling. And so... What are they, what are they talking about? Nicely humble, right? Of like, oh, no, I'm, I'm not the son of God. I'm the nephew. The nephew. <laughs> I'm the third cousin twice removed of God. <laughs> Listen to what I have to say. Like a Genghis Khan kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah absolutely. <laughs> enough of, um, and he publishes, although I couldn't find the detail of what was in them anywhere, a series of what are described as alarming pamphlets. Ooh. It's good. There aren't what? enough pamphlets anymore. Um, I think that maybe I'll start printing some slight strange pamphlets and leaving them around. I feel like there should be more of that, like yeah, religiously extreme zines. I that's, feel like that's something the world needs. That's one of the things I miss about living in London, where you just be sitting on the bus and then a nice lady would just hand you a Jesus leaflet. Yeah. yeah. I do have a Jesus leaflet that I will share with you from the Jehovah's Witnesses that has a lovely picture nice. of his face. But the pamphlets he prints are so alarming, Sam, that he ends up in an asylum. Oh, yes. Don't stop printing pamphlets like that, please, Joe. No. So, so they must have been pretty, pretty out there, even by the standards of some of the stuff we're talking about. Um, but one of his big sort of ideas is that the English are the descendants of the lost 10 tribes of Israel. Unlikely. Yeah, I think so too. But um, but that's what he believed. And that sort of idea becomes part of lots of these groups that then 
um, follow on. And it is extraordinary because all these sort of people just sort of suddenly decide that they're this really important prophet. And then they print loads of pamphlets and then other people just buy it and carry on their yeah. idea. It's yeah. Again, it just seems like if someone in the middle of Plymouth just handed you a, a leaflet saying, Oh, by the way, I'm the nephew of God. <laughs> oh yeah. All right. Hey Turn, everyone. This turns is out we're all the lost God. tribe of Israel. Yeah. But well, do you want to, do you want to <laughs> hang out? Um, yeah. But, but people did apparently yeah. um, in quite interesting ways. So um. One of the other people influenced was George Turner. Okay. Um, he called himself the Herald of Shiloh. Okay, right. The and Herald was, usually meaning like to announce the coming yeah, of someone, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, and he believed that um, it wasn't that Joanna had been wrong about being pregnant with Shiloh, um, but that Shiloh had been taken from her womb directly up to heaven. Okay. Um. Was it by the abortionist that you talked about earlier? Oh, yeah, maybe by her and her eggs. Yeah. Um, actually, she just laid an egg for telling the oh. coming of Shiloh and then that oh, got no. to heaven. And deliciously scrambled. No, I don't know. That's nothing. Um, mm. <laughs> as is common with lots of these prophets, George Turner also later spent some time in an asylum. But he published a number of his uh, beliefs, including the Proclamation of the Final Days, which I'll... Um, which I'll read to you a little bit. So this is his like manifesto for what should happen in the United Kingdom. Mm -hmm. um, and I'll just, um, just see how you feel about it. <clears throat> the whole United Kingdom is to be divided to the people on the roll. Those who are not worth a penny must now be lords of the land. No rents must be paid. No charges for postage of letters. No taxes. Porter must be a gallon for one penny, ale the same. The dead must be carried in carts three miles from the city and put in deep pits covered with pig's flesh. Some of those things I was like, yeah, okay, I can get behind that, I can get behind that. Why the bacon graves? What? I don't know, it's weird, isn't it? It's like, no, no rents, all the people that don't have any money should be put in charge and not the yeah. rich people. Uh, beer but, should be really reasonable to buy yeah. and cart people out three miles away and bury them in. Bacon. Yeah, weird. Mm. Um, yeah, nah. George Turner also believed that Shiloh must have a palace built for him where the walls were made of pure gold. So, again, you're thinking about decorating your new house. There must be walls of pure gold. Yeah. Adorned with precious stones. Oh, maybe he, he did build my new house. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what if that's what that. Do you want to quickly tell that story, Sam? I'll stick a picture of it on the Instagram. You come and have a look there. Yeah, Sam uncovered a deliciously decorated wall yeah. um, in her house, um, mm. which quite rightly had been barred away from people's eyes. Under yes. wood and, uh, and now he's gone forever. May it rest in peace. Um, yes. Also, in his golden palace, he must have 70,000 men who play musical instruments. That's noisy. Accompanied by 70,000 singing women. That's so noisy. It's a heck of a live concert, isn't it? Yeah. Imagine the queue for the loo. <laughs> the golden loo uh, encrusted with of course. Um, precious stones. Um, and Shiloh should also have 500,000 servants. Why so many? Like, I don't know Like, what kind of lifestyle would you have to live in order to warrant 
500,000 servants. Uh, would it would it be like um like you didn't have furniture? Like oh, each, yeah, each bit of furniture was was made of 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 people moving around to accommodate your comfort. Like uh, a year eight drama lesson. <laughs> like a year eight drama lesson. Or like just a doing body into object being a lamp. Yeah. Or like a um a, like a Wallace and Gromit sort of situation, except oh, instead yeah. of robots, it's just it, more people. Yeah, I just don't like yeah. Yeah, okay, cool. Many, so 140,000 mu- musical people and 500,000 servants. Yep. Um, and obviously, for being the Herald of Shiloh, he believes he should sort of have a similar palace, um, but he's a bit less, mm. he's um, a bit more humble in terms of servants. Um, he believes he should only have 300,000 servants. I'd, okay, right. That's, that is what he believes. So there is a lot of really reasonable belief rattling around in the wake of um, Joanna dying. Yeah. Um, he predicted Shiloh's reappearance, um, that this sort of six-year-old boy would suddenly appear and sort everything out. Right. And, of course, on the date that that is supposed to happen, it doesn't happen. Um, and not long afterwards, poor old George Turner, with far fewer servants, dies. Okay. Yeah. Also, following around in the footsteps of Joanna Southcott is John Rowe, a woolcomber from Bradford. Lovely. John Rowe, woolcomber from Bradford. Aye. I like that. Obviously, that's a very serious and important piece of like the wool trade at the time. Yeah. But to me, it just sounds a little bit like a 50s euphemism for being gay. Like, yeah. You heard about it, John? Ooh, he's a bit of a woolcomber, isn't he? <laughs> Yep. It's just got a bit yeah. of that. Um, that I love vibe. that. Um, when Turner dies, John Rowe takes over his group, who are known as the Christian Israelites. Oh, okay. Oh, and then, we, yeah, okay. And there are many, many rules if you're part of the Christian Israelites. Um, yeah. And John Rowe sort of adds more rules to them. And these will sort of carry on with the rules into the groups we're going to talk about. So um, for men, uh, you have to be circumcised. Okay. You have to eat kosher. You're not allowed to shave. You cannot take snuff, tobacco, or alcohol. Okay. And you must wear dark, broad-brimmed hats. Ooh. Mysterious hairy men. (laughs) All wearing fedoras. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Very, very strange. Um, With neckbeard. They would all have neckbeards as well to go with them. So that's kind of exciting. Um, if you break any sure. of these rules in the group, you get beaten. Woof. So if we were waiting for the appearance of this actually being a high control group and not just a fringe religious sect, we're getting there. There it is, yeah. Women, sorry, Sam, who had been accused of a lack of chastity. Oh, this is the first I'm hearing of this. Have I been accused of a lack of chastity? Oh, no, I meant just, sorry, because now we're going to get into women being mistreated in history, not... Oh, yeah. <laughs> Damn you and your lack of chastity. Fair. Oh, it's good to laugh before I read this horrible sentence from my research. Okay. Had to sit through a two-hour fiercely condemnation. Oh, that's not a word I can say. Um, a sort of fiercely critical service about mm. how bad they were. Okay. And then they would be taken to a cleansing room beneath the pulpit, oh. where they were stripped naked and beaten by John Rowe with a birch rub. 
Ouch. Why? Horrible. Nasty. Yeah. Abuse. Yeah. There's also a little sort of parallel to another um, Victorian cult leader we have discussed in previous episodes because John Rowe famously told everyone he could walk on water and then oh. tried to do that in public and failed. Yay! Instant, Love that. Instant splosh. Great. Didn't even think to chuck entirely Siberia it or anything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Didn't even think to try and fake it. Um, nice. So that's kind of hilarious. Um, he went out to um, America and to Australia and preached. Um, he then died in Australia. Um, but there are groups still there today that are inspired by and come down from this line from John Rowe. Okay. Um, and we'll we'll connect back to him again in a minute. But yeah, he sounds like a bad dude in many ways prick add him to our wall of historical bricks <laughs> oh sounds like something you find in a museum doesn't it in in formaldehyde that's what you can have on the other side of the room from the joanna southcott wallpaper <laughs> <laughs> historical dicks oh and it could be like do you remember those this is a british thing um do you remember those tea towels you used to make in school where everyone would draw themselves and then you get a tea towel with everyone's faces yeah um, it's you and me drawing little faces of all the terrible men we cover on this podcast. Let's do it. That'd be good. <laughs> Another interesting person um, in the same vein is John Zion Ward. Is that like his wrestling name? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, now he thought, here's a head scratcher for you. Okay. He thought that he was both Shiloh and Jesus. Okay. And would you like to know why he thought he was probably Jesus? Yes, please. Because his mum was called Mary. Oh. 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 Um, he also believed he was, as well as being like the, I don't know, reincarnation of those two. Mm-hmm. Um, he was also Satan, Adam, Judah, and Elijah. Huh. I mean, sure. How? Why? Yeah. I don't know. Okay. Um, there's some other weird stuff like that coming up later on that is just um, slightly bonkers. Yeah. Um, but he published lots of books to this effect and, yeah, again, became quite an influential one of the followers of Joanna Southcott. Mm-hmm. So all of these people are about setting up these new groups, publishing their pamphlets and their books, claiming that they are part of this system, the Herald Shiloh and the End of the World. And into this comes James White, And he presumably finds and reads some of these pamphlets, hears some of this information, and then has this for accuracy. October 15th, 1875. Yeah. He joined one of these groups inspired by Southcott, Turner, and Rowe. Cool. He joined in Kent the New House of Israel. Okay. A Christian Israelite sect led by Mr. and Mrs. Head. They're leaders of the group. Yep. Or the heads of the group. <laughs> <laughs> I'm um, sorry, I'm silly. And in the, it's very good, I like it. Um, <laughs> and in the course of joining this group in October, he becomes convinced of the message and the beliefs, and he becomes convinced that he is actually a messenger from God. Well, convenient. Please mm. say he writes some pamphlets. Oh, you bet he does. Thank you for yeah. asking. He begins to write a religious manuscript at this point called The Flying Roll. Okay. Roll like R-O-L-E. 
R O L R okay which i think must be like like a document or like a, I, i'm imagining it's like like a, a variation of scroll i'm imagining it's not like granary or uh, yeah. or it's, a, it's some kind of like cheerleaders move yeah or yeah. greg's sausage i don't think oh, yeah. it's any of um <laughs> any of those but um weirdly it's one of the things i didn't look up in my research and i i refuse to find out now maybe we'll check no. in a minute oh, but um, let's go with granary but it's it's something that's referenced in revelation and in the book of revelation as you'll be familiar sam uh, in chapter 8 verse 2 um just give me how it starts seven horsemen <laughs> oh you're so close oh. um seven angels were given seven trumpets and James White said that the seven angels were seven prophets, all people we've just spoken about, Richard Brothers, Joanna Southcott, George Turner, William Shaw, and John Rowe. And that he, James White, Ooh. is the sixth okay. prophet. What about Mr. and Mrs. Head? Fuck them. Okay. They're just running this group in Kent. They are not a trumpet. Got it. So, sorry, Mr. Head, you ain't a trumpet. <laughs> and that one more prophet would show up and then Shiloh would then return to the earth and appear and usher in um, the end of the world. And so he starts building this, this manuscript um, that much later on he'll get published. And when we talk about that, I'll read a bit of it. But in the meantime, he's scribbling away. He's convinced this is who he is. And so he tries to take over Head's group and that doesn't go well. They're not very happy about that. They, Mr. and Mrs. Head, kick him out. He is expelled from the group on the 26th of December. Oh, he no. joined on the 15th of October. Oh, dear. And within like two months has gone, hi, oh, profits, hi. great. I'm the next one. This is my group now. <laughs> Fuck you, bitches. Um, just as a little side note, while you were talking about that, I imagined... When you said Mr. and Mrs. Head, I was like, I wonder what their first names are. Of course, now in my head, they're Potato. <laughs> <laughs> but Mr. Potato Head, but with a little dog collar. That's what yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Reverend Potato Head. There's some kind of satirical joke about the recent kickoff about Potato Heads in America, but I couldn't find it. Yeah. Sorry, Americans. You have to put up with a lot, don't you, from the people in your TVs? On your mm-hmm. TVs, not in your TVs. Um, but anyway, yeah, that just blows my mind that like within two months he's trying to take over the group. He's just joined. That's pretty ballsy, I reckon. Yeah, and and is ejected. Like yeah. that's a great. So do you know what he does? Starts his own group. Yeah, this is all about yeah. splinter groups. So he sets up his own group, the New and Latter House of Israel. Ooh, so he just got around the copyright by the adding Jezreelites. a couple words. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he is joined by. Mrs. Head's sister and 16 other members of the group. Whoa. Okay. So it's like a proper coup. He properly like, yeah. steals, steals some members and sets up his own group because he's the new prophet. But then trouble ahoy because he's posted to India. Okay. In February, uh, the year afterwards. While he's in India, he writes letters to one of his new followers, Clarissa Rogers, mm-hmm. who is 18. She's an interesting young woman because she's just been in America for two years preaching the gospel. Oh, cool. On like a big revival tour. Sweet. Which is pretty crazy for a... Yeah, for a child. 17-year-old woman in the 
19th yeah. century. Yeah, bonkers. Um, so they're being pen pals, talking about how he's a prophet and, you know, the world's going to end soon. Isn't that exciting? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kiss, kiss. Um, and at this point, he adopts the name James Gerson Jezreel, or JJJ. JJJ. Gerson. Like J-E-R-S-O-M. J-E-R-S-H-A-M. Gershon. I've got too much of a lisp to say that. Gershon. Or it might be Gershom. Sorry, it's Gershom. 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 Okay. I was just trying to see if it spelled anything backwards, but I don't think it does. Ma Shred. <laughs> Ma Shred. Like we're, in, um, like we're in Twin Peaks. Midget on a black and white floor. God, I haven't watched that for ages. I might watch that this week. That's a good record. Nice. He likes the fact that he can now have the initials JJJ because it also can stand for Joanna, James Rowe, and his own name, James White. That's the most oh. important prophet. Uh, uh, jingle Jangle Jesus. <laughs> it's a bit like instead of what would Jesus do? W W J D. Um, yeah. Jump. Jesus, Jesus jump. No. Je- <laughs> I'm trying to think what inspired like JJJ. Run, Lola, Lola, run. Yeah. Run, Lola, jump. run. The sequel to Run, jump. Lola, run. Jump, Jesus jump. Great. Jershon is actually a misspelling of the name of Moses's first child. Oh. Who was Jershon spelt with a G. Um, and Jezreel is the name of someone in the book of Hosea. Cool. With which I'm sure we're all familiar. Oh, yeah. My favourite bit. My, <laughs> do you know what? Mine too. Actually, no, we're going to say that now, and it's going to be like one of the worst, most offensive bits of the Old Testament or something, isn't it? Let's not. Oh, yeah, I hope my sarcasm was clear. Yeah, hopefully so. So he's got his new name, he's rebranded, um, and his followers, um, after I think like five years, they bought him out of the army. So I think they could raise money to sort of get him out of, out of commission mm-hmm. and get him back. And so he comes back to England, um, and on December 17th, 1879, he marries Clarissa, who he's been pen palling with, and they live together in Gillingham. But they've got to get the word out. They've got to grow the group. They need yeah. more members. So he's got his manuscript, the flying roll. He's got his flying roll and he takes it to. <laughs> but it keeps flying away. Um, <laughs> we, listeners, we will look in a minute to see what it actually means. But for the moment, just. Nah. Enjoy us and imagining someone with a sharpie who's just written on a baguette or something. And um, he takes it to the Christian Israelites in York and they reject it and, in fact, burn the copy of it, that, um, oh. it which is a bit of a that's a real diss, isn't it? That's really, uh, really out there. So, um, so he feels like maybe it's not going to go terribly well in England, but um, she's been out in America, she's been on the touring evangelical circuit out there. So they go to America to preach this new message to the people of America. They team up with Noah Drew, who had sort of organised the tour that Clarissa had done before, mm-hmm. and they go off with six wagons, a large tent, and 100 benches. Okay, yeah. 100 benches. Which is lovely. But all the reports seem to say that they were very poorly received. Mm. Lots of the crowds became quite hostile. <laughs> and they fall out with Noah. As it turns out later, they sort of fall out over money, it turns out. I think he gives them money and then there's a bit of shadiness about, about what okay. he gets out of that. 
but it's a real shambles. It really yeah. sort of fucks up. So they come back to England and they decide, okay, well, maybe we'll try elsewhere around here. So they go around Scotland. Mm. Man, nah. no one's buying it there, really. They're all just sipping iron brew dismissively, lobbing haggis at him, whatever it is. So instead, they decide to go to Australia. Okay. And they tour around there where they are actually a little bit more successful. Okay. They pick up some followers. They build some sort of momentum, and that gives them a little bit of sort of energy and um, and yeah. oomph. But they need a base. They need a home. They need a headquarters. And so they go back to England so that they can they can really have a base for their operations. Um, this is just this must be just taking so much time. It must have taken months and months to travel. Yeah, to all, all of this places. is like they spend a year going around America. It doesn't work. They come home. They spend yeah. a year going around But then around it takes England them four Scotland. months to get home or whatever it, whatever it, doesn't it is. Well. Yeah. yeah. They go out to Australia. That takes a year and a half or something. And then they cut. Yeah, it's like they're, put, they're putting the time in. It's yeah. bonkers. And especially if it's someone that you've sort of, you've met in your local prayer group who's told mm. you they're a prophet. You're their pen pal for five years. And then you marry them and tour around the world preaching that they like. Yeah. That's a heck of a relationship. Isn't it? Yeah. It's like the ultimate 90 day fiance. <laughs> that would be a good format for that program going forward <laughs> to really give it like a religious fundamentalism. Bet. Yeah. Why not? Let's pitch that to somebody at some point. Um, so they get back to Gillingham and they open a meeting hall and they have Sunday services that become sort of famous for the music that's played. And at, at these services, JJJ rises to the occasion because he wears a red cap and a large sash decorated in golden keys, swords and stars. Right. Fetching. And he holds an iron rod in one hand. Right. And a set of keys like St. Peter would have in heaven in the other hand. Okay. With his red atom and his big sash. Yeah. And he preaches and sort of stirs and inspires his followers. Cool. Like, like a gay Papa Smurf or something. <laughs> Gay Papa Smurf is an underrated fashion. Name of your sex tape. (laughs) Everyone's blue and it happens on a big mushroom or something. Yeah. yeah. Um, Unbelievably, this gets them more members um, and more followers. More and more people join and are convinced. Yeah. Wow, it must must be godly to have a scarf decorated with keys and stars. Did you not see his rod and his sash? I mean, um, he jingle jangled his keys. Maybe they were all babies. <laughs> you know, when he just like distract a baby. Yeah. <laughs> time imagining the congregation. So they're all going to join together and get ready for the end of the world. And like lots of these groups, they decide that they're going to live communally. Mm-hmm. All of their goods and all of their money will be held in common. Yeah. Classic. And lots of these members are actually quite sort of well off, like high, not well off, but like high end working class, middle class sort of tradespeople, shopkeepers, lots of skills, lots of sorts of reputable business. Mm -hmm. And suddenly all their money is his. Ooh, yeah. And so that means he can expand. He's already been running a school in his house. Oh, God, yeah. But he decides that now they're going to build the big commune where everyone's going to live. Right. Um, ready for the end of the world. Um, let's talk a little bit about their beliefs in the meantime. Yeah. So according to him, there are two types of salvation. Okay. 
and therefore two groups of people, two classes in heaven. Oh, okay. So you can either, Samlan, be soul saved, which is that your soul alone is saved, and your spiritual body is what goes up into heaven, and you are therefore equal to the angels. Nice. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah. If I'm dead, what do I need my like body for or anything? Just true that. Well, let me tell you. Oh, you can also be soul and body saved. Okay. Only a hundred and forty-four thousand people get that pleasure. Oh, there's that number. Yeah. Um, and you get to then go bodily into heaven. Mm, yeah. And you are therefore equal to Christ. Whoa. And all the soul-saved people will be your servants in heaven forever. Oh, okay. Which is a pretty rubbish deal if you're just soul-saved, right? Uh, no, I don't know. Because I think, hopefully, touch wood, I'll be very old when I die. And so my body will therefore be very old and will have lived a whole life. So I don't, I don't need the body-saved bit. Because then if you're soul saved, they're going to be like billions of people that are soul saved, right? You can just skirt away from your jobs. There's only 144,000 of them. <laughs> they won't need all of us you, all the time. remember, they all need like 500,000. Yeah, but still, that's still, that's still easily achievable. You could still be the lazy one out of those. That seems, that seems reasonable. And, <laughs> and the, that 144,000 people are basically the lost tribe. They're the true seed of Abraham. Right. And that's important. You need to get those people together because we're in the third age, the final age of the earth, and the world's going to end soon. So it's really a millenarian sect. It's really like the Seventh-day Adventists and stuff. Yeah, it's like, <clears throat> the end is happening now. Mm-hmm. Get ready for it. Yeah. He had some interesting thoughts about creation. Get ready mm-hmm. for more head scratching. Adam, Garden of Eden Adam, was a male spirit and a female spirit in one body. Whoa. Like like a two-spirit yeah. person, like a native Native American might be a two-spirit person. Okay. So that was Adam when he was originally made. And then God made a body out of earth while Adam was having a kip. And he drove Satan into that body. Oh, and that's where women come from? You, you can see slightly oh, where this is going. For fuck's um, sake. So what happens is, for some reason, Christ, who's like the male spirit in Adam, right, leaves Adam's body. So Adam's a woman, and the Satan is the man? And then Satan joins <laughs> the female spirit in Adam. But Right. And that's what makes Adam mortal and of sin. So we then end up with a place where Adam is now basically the son of Satan. Mm, Okay. It seems like he's more like the Airbnb of Satan. (laughs) (laughs) Adam is correct. The Airbnb of Satan. Um, Eve is the mother of harlots. um, And therefore it is woman who is the real tree of good and evil. What? He... He ate a fruit dangling off the lady. I don't know. There was a snake on the lady. It's all very confusing, isn't it? Um, You know what, John? It sounds made up. It does sound made up. 
And if you read his book, it is really like impenetrable. It's full of all of this stuff. And, oh, yeah. And talking about all, yeah, I, you can find it as a PDF online. It's heavy going. Um, <laughs> but what this means is that mankind will be cleansed of the satanic blood within them via redemption, via salvation. When they go up to heaven. Right. That's when all the bad Satan blood goes. I'm so mixed up about this creationist story because so God made man. And then he made another man out of earth while the man was having a nap. And then that was Satan. And then Satan went in the man, which also had the woman in it. And then did he then go back and take the rib and make the lady? Or did the lady was just there? No, I think the... the or was it the earth man that had Satan in? Yeah, I think that the, then the becomes Eve. Yeah. Okay. That sounds dumb. <laughs> I think it might not be true. Yeah. And so then... What happens later with Jesus mm-hmm. is that he is a mortal, sinless man who is then sort of possessed by the spirit of Christ, who's, you know, been off and wandering around. Okay. So they sort of hang out together. Yeah. just In that chill. body. And then yeah. weirdly, Christ like leaves just before the crucifixion bit. Okay. Mortal Jesus who is crucified. And then it's spirit. Christ who comes back afterwards. Right. How topical. That's going to happen. See, the anniversary of that's this weekend, isn't it? Yeah. See, I like to choose my cults appropriately yeah. <laughs> um, with weird, even stranger stories of Jesus. So, yeah, it's like a really confused, odd kind of theology that he's, um, he's preaching. But alongside that, he also says there should be no shaving because mm. everyone should be like um, Samson. Like the previous sort of sect under John Rowe, uh, everyone should be teetotal. Although, of course, JJJ himself was not and was, in fact, blessing quite a, a severe alcoholic. Okay. Yeah. They believe he that just wanted to have a designated driver at all times. It's smart. smart. In fact, he wanted to have 500,000 designated True. drivers. Yeah. It's probable that they were expected to be celibate, but that's a bit unclear. Mm-hmm. Um, and they thought because nobody really died in this sect, because they were all just going to go bodily to heaven. They didn't believe in funerals or burials. Oh, right, okay. So if one of them died, they sort of wouldn't mourn them, and they wouldn't organise any funeral or burial. They'd let other people do that, but they would be like, like if you drop down dead, I would go, oh, that's not so sad. She'll, she'll be back. Um, yeah. And I'd just walk off and leave your body there for something else to do. No, okay. Um... At least I wouldn't be taking you three miles out of town to bury you under some bacon. Yeah, yeah, please, yeah. Just don't bury me in, in pork chops. Name of my um, sex team. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good one. That's, that sure ain't kosher. Um, so they believe um, that that they're the only path to salvation in body and soul. And James and Clarissa are completely in control of all this theology and all this mm-hmm. interpretation. Um, there are quite a lot of like minutes of their meetings and things, and there are lots of examples of like this is that, person. Is that where Clarissa explains it all? <laughs> <laughs> you wanted obscure TV references, boom. That was a very good one. That was a very good one. She's a big fundy Christian, though, isn't she? Um, Melissa Joan Hart. Yeah. She's been in loads of those God is dead. Oh, God's not sorry, God's not dead movies. Um, oh, cool! Yeah, yeah have fun playing a witch for years. Christian. Yeah. Um, 
so yeah, there's quite a few examples in meetings where like someone will get up and go, oh, actually, I've had a bit of a thought about Jesus and the Bible as well. Mm. And they're instantly like excommunicated and kicked out. Whoa. Okay. Um, so yeah, again, quite strict, quite high control. Yeah. Lots of slightly strange um, sort of, yeah, rules covering everything you're doing in your uh, life. Um, mm-hmm. But people are into it and it keeps sort of uh, building up. Uh, let me just read you a little bit of his book that he's got nearly ready for publication. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> so this is from a section, uh, the title of which is Time is Running Out. Okay. Current events clearly indicate that it is God's purpose to overthrow the present order, which has run nearly the allotted 6,000 years to be replaced by the glorious reign of the Lord Jesus. This will bring unimaginable peace and happiness to mankind. Okay. Fine. Um, sure. But it's all like, yeah. yeah, the end is coming soon. It can't come soon enough. It's going to be great. Yeah. Um, unimaginable peace. Well, then why are you writing about it if you can't imagine it? <laughs> what does that even really mean? Um, but they're, yeah, they're massively gearing up. But they need a little bit more yeah. than, um, than just having a commune. Um, he publishes that book. Um, ready to um, encourage more members and it's quite expensive at the time it costs like four pounds which is an expensive book at the time yeah Um, I don't know how much it sells but it's there ready to go out into the world but people are buying all this stuff unbelievable as it may be and they're joining they're growing their hair long they're wearing purple caps he wears a little red cap they're all wearing purple caps yeah okay lovely and at their height there's about 1400 of them that's a lot all in this um this bit of kent um and so he decides he's going to build a church and temple at the center of a commune that will be surrounded by like places for the followers to live and also everything that they need so because of all the people that work that are part of the group there's going to be a german bakery nice oh yum a tea merchants yeah a carpenter a joiner a jeweler's a shoe and boot manufacturer, a letterpress, a blacksmith. There'll be like this big sort of district of shopkeepers. And they also, they have a yeah. dairy, they have a greengrocers and stuff. They sort of Sounds start fun. to expand their businesses. They'll like a lovely fuel... independent market. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like the one we were talking about earlier. Um, yeah. But all of it fueling this cult. And at the centre of this, there's going to be a temple, a refuge, an assembly hall, the true headquarters of the group. Mm-hmm. Now, he's been reading the book of Revelation, and there's a temple, as you'll be familiar, Sam, described in that in chapter 20, verse 16. Yeah, as the, um, it's the... Starts uh, and... And the tower is big <laughs> and tall. Very cl- I think you might just be looking at a slightly different translation from mine. Um, yeah. And the city lieth four square, and the length thereof is as great as the breadth, and the height a cube i've written here in my notes a bloody big cuboid yeah like the box oh maybe that's what it is um so he decides that there's going to be this 144 foot square cube that they're all going to live in well no that's not what the bible said it said four have a four (laughs) four cube very cozy flat in london (laughs) Um, and so he buys six acres of land for £2,700 
Bargain. And he gets some architects and goes, hey, guys, big cube. <laughs> and they are like, no, <laughs> mad, no. Yeah. Um, so they persuade him instead to build a tower that's um, like 124 foot by uh, 120 foot. It's just a bit more stable and a bit right. less, less crazy. Yeah. Um, they build it out of steel and concrete and it has yellow brick walls. More difficult for road. yeah, more difficult for Dorothy to walk up. <laughs> lots of lions trying to get up and then twang it down to the ground. And it's got eight towers. Yeah. And the walls are carved with a trumpet, a flying roll, crossed swords, three feathers, and it's built of steel and concrete, Sam, um, and other non-combustible materials. So it will protect them when fire rains down from the heavens during the end times. Oh, convenient. I don't know if you checked with your new house whether it is protected from fire rain down from the heavens in the end times. Uh, you know, not sure. I think a lot of the wood on it is quite rotten, so probably. Mm. But if not, maybe you should get someone into yeah. um, to do that. There's a big seller for machinery and for printing presses to print more copies of his book. Mm -hmm. And at the centre of it, there's this amphitheatre, which is going to be for 5,000 people. Wow which is under a 94-foot round glass dome. Cool. And there's a hydraulic, rotating, rising platform at the centre of it. So like the preachers and choir can slowly rotate like they're in a yeah. microwave in order to spread the word of God in the end times. Yeah. But it would make a noise. If it's hydraulic, it will be as they go around. Yeah. Wow, fun. It's hella ambitious. Originally, yeah. they think it's going to cost like £25,000 in order to... And that's, that's now where they perform War Horse. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, all those puppets were just originally part of that. Yeah. <laughs> so they begin building on the 19th of September in 1885, ready to build this impressive tower. Mm -hmm. They bury a bottle containing all the sort of teachings of the group with the foundation stone, and they get building... But sadly, JJJ, um, who has been for many years an alcoholic, had fallen ill the previous year and, in fact, had died in March. He never oh. got to see them even start to build his crazy big tower. Oh. But the Jezreelites didn't publicly mourn him. Yeah, because they, they expected don't mind. him to come back in like three to five days' time <laughs> afterwards. Yeah. But sadly, he did not. Oh, what? He didn't? <laughs> I know, shock, horror. Yeah. Um, so Clarissa takes over. Yeah. Rebranding herself as Queen Esther. Okay. But the tower's really expensive. It's really, it's going to be way more than um, the 25,000 estimate. It's really difficult. They really don't have enough money to, to undertake this big, impressive. Right. It's like trying to build the O2 arena, right? Yeah. So in order to save money, um, she demands that all members should be vegetarian and just live off bread and veg. Right. In fact, in one version I read specifically just bread and potatoes. Oh, no. Get some vitamins. But people aren't very happy about that and other sort mm. of restrictions that she puts in place, mainly because she is keeping herself in all the latest fashionable clothes. She's mm. riding around in a carriage while telling them that they should just have another potato. Yeah. Keep quiet and build the big tower. Right. Um. So with him dead and with her sort of going all Marie Antoinette, followers start to drop away. 
the guy from America earlier, Noah Drew, sues them saying, I gave you all this money to support your thing and I didn't get anything back for it and I'm, I don't know what's going on. So there's a big sort of legal challenge. And they dwindle from their 1,400 members down to about 160 oh. pretty quickly. God, I bet those were sad, like, uh, sermons when there'd <clears throat> been a thousand of them there and then suddenly it's, oh, what, Marjorie? No, she's gone. What yeah. about David? Yeah, he's gone. Gone. Yeah. Gone. And also you've got this big auditorium, right? You're not going to sell those 5,000 seats now. No. Um, yeah, it's pretty grim. And so three years after James had died, she also dies of kidney disease oh. um, at 28. Gosh. At which point work on the tower stops. Yeah. The remaining members try to sell it in 1897, but there are no buyers. Nobody wants it. So it sort of hangs around derelict for a little while. Um, briefly, like around 1900, it becomes a dance school. Cool. Lovely. Great. Yeah, I guess nice um, big flat floors or something. Yeah. Um, but then that goes bust um, and it really does go derelict and stands as a ruin until 1961 oh, when okay. it was demolished and was famously oh. one of the most difficult demolitions like carried out in the UK because of um, what a big, crazy building it was. And I will show you what it looks like. Yeah. Yeah, all the like steel and concrete and yeah. an auditorium and whoa. So there you go. These are like the plans of it and what it was. That's gonna... so much bigger than I was expecting. Yeah, it's huge. There's good. I like this um yeah. this, like tourist image of it. Yeah. Um, but they built quite a bit of it. Yeah. How um, interesting. I wonder how much was like complete inside. I can show like, you inside. They... Ooh. So it's a bit like one of my favourite venues in London. It looks a bit like the Roundhouse. Yeah, cool. Oh, and there's a hydraulic platform. Yeah, but you can see it's all like yeah. just the steel inner workings and everything else hasn't been. I once saw a um, a theatre thing about um, Isambard Kingdom Brunel that was oh, yeah. done one of the those big shaft things that goes down to the tube where they dug the where they dug. Oh the my goodness, that's cool. That's what that looked like. It was very cool. That's really. It was one um, of those things that you were like, should we be here? Because you had to fully like climb down scaffolding to get into this show. Oh, wow. Quite fun. Oh, we like a bit of danger on the way on the way in. Um, so they do eventually demolish it and knock it down in the 60s. And now, sadly, the only trace of it is a bus stop named like the Jezreel oh. Tower bus stop. Or something. Yeah. Um, that's the only sign that it was there. Now, you might think that is the end of a slightly strange story about a different Southcott cult. There's mm. been some splits. There's been some weird Jesus theology. There's been some actually children control, control, and behavior leaders, control. Yeah, but this just leads to more splits. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no one will just let it go. No, um, a Canadian called Michael Mills, dubbing himself Prince Michael. And does he take um, uh, Melchizedek in the middle so he can be MMM like JJJ? Mm. Yeah, he definitely mm. should. Uh, he claims that he is the seventh prophet who will now start the end of the world. Okay. And he tries to take over the group, travels over to England, is like, guys, I'm here. Yeah. Great. Where's Tears my tower? Me. Yeah. And they don't accept him. They basically <laughs> tell him to fuck off and jog on. I love that. It's like the thing that people always say about like Jesus. Like if he came back now and was like, hey, I'm Jesus, people would be like, nah, fuck off. Nah. nah yeah. Bro. So he goes back to America and founds his own group in Michigan. Yeah. And he's not a great bloke. 
Mm. He's got this huge, like, pirate beard. Imagine, like, blue bearded kind of beard. Yeah. That's not important, but I just want you to be able to imagine him. Um, And he is a piece of shit. So he lives uh, in his headquarters for his splinter group with nine maidens slash virgins. Okay. His wife. Yeah. And his spiritual mistress. Those are all different people. And he's famous in the neighborhood because he has naked outdoor baths with the nine maidens in his garden so that all the neighbors around can see. Why? And those nine maidens are mostly teenage girls. And they are called joy, peace, long-suffering, meekness, faith, temperance, and obedience. Oh, I mean, like... There must be two other names, but there's... Like, a few of those are actual names. Yeah, imagine them being called (laughs) long-suffering. Temperance has caught on, but long-suffering. Jesus. So this leads to some uh, intervention from the law on the grounds of uh, sort of moral decay, moral charges and uh, adultery. Um, But also, more specifically, his wife alleged that he had raped Obedience, who was actually a 15 year old girl called Bernice. Yeah. um, And used to make her and her sister um, share a bed with him. So he's convicted of that. Um, he is sent to prison. Good. Meanwhile, Benice's sister takes over the group, professing his innocence and campaigning for his release. Oh, no. That causes more controversy. Angry mobs attack the group. Yeah. And, yeah, again, that group in Michigan sort of explodes around the sort of crimes right. of this horrible piece of shit. Yeah. Um, when he's eventually freed from prison, mm-hmm. he moves to Gillingham, in order to be close to the tower and to hang out where the group right. But that Gross. causes lots of controversy in yeah. his group. So, hey, hey, listeners, as a side note, probably a bit late now, drink every time John says something caused controversy because there's been so much. So much controversy. Yeah. Um, so there's a split from Michael's group. Whoa! Every time there's a split, down your drink. Not That's if you're driving. Coffee, drinking yeah. game for this episode. There was, there was one that I did a little while ago with, oh, I can't remember what they were called, schisms. Oh, yeah. yeah. Many, many schisms. Same deal. Um, and yeah. part, some, some of the same schisms, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All the Millerite stuff. Um, yeah. From William Miller. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Benjamin Pearl splits from Michael's group and founds the House of David. Okay. Um, he has about 900 followers. Wow. And I'm pretty sure I might be misremembering this, but I've got a feeling he's like related to. Michael's wife somehow. Okay. Um, he's a millionaire. Wow. Um, and so with his cult uh, offshoot, he builds an amusement park and zoo called the Springs of Eden. Cool. Which gets something like 500,000 visitors a year. Wow. And slaves, their visitors to the zoo and mm. amusement uh, park. And he sort of dubs himself King Ben, ruling over this group ruling over his amusement park. Okay. But does it turn dark, Sam? Yes, it does. Yeah. Rumours are that he starts living in secret chambers under the commune in the amusement park. With a teenager. And he is arrested, yes, Sam, by the police for having sex with several female minors. The sect themselves, like the groups they've split from, are supposed to be celibate. 
but in the rules of the group, he was <clears throat> allowed to have sex with virgins and brides aged 14 onwards. Ugh. He goes to trial. Yeah. And around that time dies, 1927. Good. Yeah. Um, there is a rumour that his body was then mummified by the group Ugh. and kept in a glass coffin awaiting his resurrection. Okay. But there also seem to be some rumours that basically that was just a story and actually he was still alive and the group just faked his death and let him fade away. Into his <laughs> just like when the next one neighbour came round, just quick, get in your coffin. Get in a... <laughs> look, look mummified, look more mummified than that. Yeah. Suck your cheeks in. So then that group, again, sort of splits. Splits. Uh, because his wife Mary starts her own group. Oh, my gosh. Mary's City of David. And on and on these groups split. Wow. And, and more, um, more shit goes down. But it is amazing how often through these groups, yeah, it basically ends up with horrible beardy men trying to shag teenagers until they get arrested. It's horrible. Yeah, there must be like a, a thing with those with men like that who like like power like that, mm. that um, one of the ways they can get power is by abusing someone that they deem to be weaker yeah. than them. Yeah, I think so. And I think it's the same kind of thing, like why do so many preachers end up getting caught committing horrific crimes? Yeah. Well, if you have those sinful urges, then you might be drawn to a really harsh religious belief that says people are inherently evil and need this to be saved yeah because that's how you feel about yourself okay. and that's therefore how you feel about other people that you think everyone is the same as you yeah um i think we can see that playing out sorry to get briefly political um americans but i think we can see that playing out in the accusations that lots of like fundy fundy mm. christians in america are making right now yeah before then getting caught doing horrendous things mm -hmm. so that's sort of a bumper selection because that's lots of different groups rolled into one yeah i think um, that was like seven for the price of one but there was also a bloody great big tower in the middle of it i was very pleased about that yeah i think you could call this episode now that's what we call cults <laughs> 1875 <Yeah. laughs> um cool so that sam is the story of a flying roll uh, and the tower of jezreel wow thank you john thank you i loved it yeah I've missed those like good old uh, weirdo Victorian cults. Yeah, me too. It's something I'm always on the lookout for because they're yeah. my favourite probably. Also because they're just a little bit less, although this one ends in darkness, but normally a little bit lighter. Than yeah, they're, they're generally less gory. Yeah, but I think, I'm, I think I'm starting to run out. If you know of any 19th century cults that we haven't yet covered please yeah. email coffeeandcults at gmail.com or find us on social media at coffee and cults on instagram twitter or coffee and cults on facebook we'd love to hear that yeah oh i normally say something here oh if you would like to support us you can do that <laughs> at ko-fi.com forward slash coffee and cults for a one-off donation just buy us a coffee slash beer to drink while we record or if you would like to watch the video content of what we do and with some other bonus things uh, like our cult book club or our sounds of the sex tease series you can join us over on patreon.com forward slash coffee and cults thank you very much um and we will be back next time with a uh, cult expertly told to us by sam which i'm looking yeah. forward to very much indeed thank you for being with us 
Um, if you've listened to this and you haven't checked out the prequel, sequel, equal episode, episode two, the Panacea Society, go and give that a listen now. Nice. Um, and we've enjoyed having you with us. Thank you very much. We love you. We love you. Bye. Bye. We're going to talk to you. You are the initiate. You are the cause we've been. We found out that I was actually getting a two-inch by two-inch brand with a cover as a man. We no longer under the laws of Moses. The world that we can with violence and the violence shall take it by force. Coffee. And cults.